episode two of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me on social media as Anthissa or Anthissa21. At the end of last week's episode, I said that we were going to go in depth this week on what I believe to be one of the key components that any PvP player should have in their arsenal, and that is the Pokemon Go type effectiveness chart. If you're going to try and follow along with everything, I am using a couple of different resources. I am using the type effectiveness article written by GoHub in their wiki. Uh, that is PokemonGoHub.net. Just search type effectiveness and it'll come up. And I am also looking at the Sylph Arena Pokemon Go type effectiveness chart. To find this, just go to sylph.gg. There's a menu bar in the top right corner. You click on that and you will get a set of listings. In there, you will find PVP resources. Open that up and there will be a spot for the type effectiveness chart. I find it very handy to just go ahead and print that off if possible so that you can have that visual resource right in front of you. Now, at first glance, the type effectiveness chart looks a little intimidating, a little daunting. There's all these different colored dots on the chart. It's really easy once you kind of look at everything and kind of adjust to it. It basically works like a multiplication chart. You go down the left side of the bar where you have all of your typings listed. You pick one that you're wanting to use and you go out and see what is it effective against. And this is where the colored dots come in. The one you see all over the page, most common is going to be neutral. This is a one-time damage where one hit equals one hit of damage. Pretty easy to understand. Then you also have the orange. The orange seems to be the most plentiful. It's kind of tied with the green. The orange is you're not very effective. It does 0.6 times damage. It is less than the neutral. Then you see the green. That's your super effective which is 1.6x damage. These are the heavy hitting attacks. The ones that you get the pop-up, it's super effective and all of that information. Basically, this like fire is super effective against grass. Grass is super effective against water. Water is super effective against fire. Where you really get into seeing a lot of that. Finally, you have the little red X. This is double resisted. It basically means your attack is doing 0.4 times damage. Basically as close as you can get to next to nothing. If you end up being in this situation, you really don't want to. It's probably time for you to switch your Pokemon. There are only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 typesets on here that are double resisted. They are Ghost is double resisted by neutral or normal type. Ground is double resisted by flying. Basically not effective. They pretty much make sense. Poison has no effect on steel. Fighting and normal have no effect on ghost. Electric has no effect on rock. Let's see, psychic has no effect on dark. And dragon has no effect on fairy. If you inverse most of these, you will find that they are super effective against the other. Fairy is super effective against dragon. Dark is super effective against Psychic, so on and so forth, with the exception of Normal and Ghost. Those two types can pretty much not do any damage to each other. And at, again, at that point, it's time to switch your Pokemon. So, 
why is this so important? This is going to help you build and plan your teams. Now, for Go Battle League, yes, you only pick three Pokemon, and it's a little bit harder to do that. However, with something like the Self Cup, it gets a little more interesting. They follow a pick six, show three, meaning you build a team of six and you take three into a match. And your match set is out of three, so you have a good opportunity to face a wide variety or a wide encounter set during your match, depending on what Pokemon you pick and what Pokemon your opponent picks. This is when you start getting into learning the meta. Now, the meta is an entire conversation on its own, and that will happen at a later time. I believe that may be episode five that I do. Um, next week's episode is going to focus on movesets. Now, basically what I mean by the meta is, because I can't just say something and just not tell you what it is. The meta is the core set of Pokemon that pretty much become the most popular ones. There are some Pokemon in Sylpharina that they pretty much rule the meta. Depending on the cup, they may or may not be banned. Some of these meta Pokemon include Altaria and Azumarill. That's why Pokemon Go set up the whole Battle Day Meryl event that we had around Easter this year because Azumarill is a really good Pokemon for Go Battle League and for the Sylph meta. Now, the meta is constantly changing, so using this chart will kind of help you not only to figure out how to work the meta, but to figure out how to counter the meta, because that is going to be one of the big things, I believe. A lot of the top players, they're going to play either in the meta or a little bit outside of it. So if you're wanting to rise in the ranks, the best idea is going to be how to counter it. If you can figure out how to counter the meta properly, you're going to see yourself climb a little bit. So let's take a look at one example of the Sylph Cup. We'll look at the one that's happened this month. That is the Catacomb Cup. The reason I'm doing this is because Go Battle League is really open-ended. There are no bans for typings, whatever. So the meta that currently runs, it'll shift on occasion, but it'll pretty much stay the same and it doesn't really change. With what Sylph Arena does with all of their cups and everything, it makes it a little more interesting. You have to think about where to spend your dust and how to build your team. For the Catacomb Cup, we have a few types that it has to be centered around, and that is Dark, Grass, ice, rock, and bug. Band types are steel. All legendaries and myth mythicals are pretty much always banned for the most part. Shadow Pokemon and regional Pokemon. And if you know about the regionals, you know those are region locked. So basically like Kangaskhan or Tropius, you're not going to be able to use those. And um, there are some other limits Scrafty, Dugong, Alolan, Ninetales, Obstagoon, and Crustle. The Obstagoon, I remember that was a little bit of an issue. They couldn't figure out um, if it would be okay. Especially when they had the whole, I guess, minor blooper where you could get, I think it was Thunder Punch and Grass Knot that uh, eventually got removed, changed, altered, whatever. And you, you see where this is going. But you kind of understand it. 
So basically, in order to help build your team, you're going to look at the types that are allowed, dark, grass, ice, rock, bug. And you're going to go through and think about the Pokemon you have in question and see how it's going to stack up against others of that type. So let's take, for instance, grass type. And you go across and you see a lot of these are going to be neutral. Grass is neutral against dark type. It is also... It is not very effective against itself. Ice types, it is a neutral damage. And then you get into bug and rock. It is super effective against rock. So grass versus rock, that's a good idea. However, you see bug and you see not very effective. But you can go back and look at bug and match that up to grass. And you find out that bug is super effective against grass. So when you get into a match... If your opponent leads out with a rock Pokemon, you're going to want to have a grass Pokemon just to give you the advantage. However, if they bring out a bug Pokemon, you better get your grass out of there. Pun fully intended. And I know I said this is a family-friendly show, but I couldn't help that one. I think that was funny. So, <laughs> sorry. that uh, That's just how big of a nerd I am. So you basically see how well this all works and how you can use it to effectively build a team where you start to get into a little more math and a little more of the complexity of the chart is when you get into the double typings because not every Pokemon is one specific type. In the next half of the show, I am going to take a look at a couple of dual typed Pokemon to kind of show you how this works, whereas you'll have some uh, some attacks that will be effective against one type, but not as much against the other, and how exactly it works to figure out the damage and what is dealt. For building your team, you have a basic idea of how this chart works, and it can start to help you kind of figure it out and sort everything together, depending on what kind of tournament you're in. So I'm going to take a short break and then we're going to get into discussing dual typed Pokemon and how the type effectiveness chart works for those. So I will be back in just a moment. Back from break. Thank you for listening to the podcast this far. Truly appreciate it. If you're interested in finding out, you know, what's the next episode going to be about, you know, sending me questions, any comments, critiques you want to offer, you can check out my social media. You can hit me up through DMs at Twitter. My handle is anthisa 21 or you can check out my Instagram page, see all my AR photos and semi kind any kind of questions or requests through there as well. It is anthisa.21. The dot is kind of important because I had set up, I, I've gone through a few different Instagram handles and I kind of played myself by using ones I wanted for later and not getting rid of them first before 
scrapping accounts. So, <laughs> um, the account was originally pokey underscore professor, but it is now anthisa.21 to kind of keep everything streamlined to make it easier for you guys to find me. Or you can send me an email as well. Anerdblog at gmail.com. It is all one word. A-N-E-R-D-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. I am open to any questions or comments. I'd like to kind of do a listener Q&A at some point. I'd also like to at some point eventually get into doing interviews as well. Once everything starts picking up. If there's anybody you have in mind for me to interview or whatever, you can send me a DM or an email and I will take a look at those. But don't get upset if it doesn't happen right away because this is a baby podcast. I'm just getting started. So thank you for joining me and uh, let's enjoy the ride, shall we? This is going to be fun. I I can feel that this is going to be fun. All right. Now that all of that is out of the way, I said before the break, I was going to talk about how type effectiveness affects dual typed Pokemon because the majority of Pokemon have two types. I do have a couple of examples I found on, I believe one was from Niantic Pokemon Go help section, and it was a little discussion on Rayquaza. The other one I found is from the PokemonGoHub.net wiki, and it looks at Charizard. Basically, when considering how an attack against a dual type Pokemon works, you have to take in cons- you have to take into consideration both types of attacks. Where Rayquaza is concerned, it is a flying and dragon type, so it is double weak to ice. So if an ice attack hits, it is going to be super effective and more. Basically like double damage, I believe. However, if Rayquaza is attacking a grass type, it is going to have super effective damage. It's double weak to ice, but double effective against grass. So you kind of understand how that works. Because grass is weak to flying and dragon types. It's really easy to see that. Although it doesn't show that the ice attack is... The chart shows ice is neutral against grass. But I guess it has like a little extra edge. Or, excuse me, flying dragon. So yeah, that'll be on the chart that grass is not effective against flying. So if you're doing a Rayquaza raid, you're going to want to bring your ice types and stack your team in that direction. And avoid grass types at all costs because it's not going to even make a ding. Alright, so then we have the Charizard example. What uh, the wiki suggests for that, they start with the ice type move Ice Shard. And it said when this is used against Charizard, even though ice is not very effective against fire, it is super effective against flying. This is basically a different example from the Rayquaza version where ice was double effective, ice isn't going to be double effective against Charizard. It's not effective against the fire. However, it is effective against flying. Because of that, the damage is going to basically zero out to neutral for the fact that one is effective, the other is not. There will be, it says, because of the modifier set in Pokemon Go, 
there will be a minimal decrease in damage by 0.04%, pardon me. So it is still going to do damage, but it's not going to do as much damage. It's actually going to be roughly neutral a little less. It's showing a number of 0.9996. If the math is overwhelming, I understand entirely. I'm still trying to figure out the numbers and stuff myself. Props and kudos to all the people that have figured it out because that is just mind-boggling to me. The next move example they use is Mud Slap, a ground move. When that's used against Charizard, ground is super effective against fire. However, flying is immune to ground. Because of that, it will be a not very effective because... Flying is basically non-effective because a ground Pokemon cannot reach a flying Pokemon that can just move out of the way into the sky. So you see how they come up with these. Is it effective? Is it super effective? Is it not very effective at all? The last example they have, actually they have two more examples. Rock throw, which is a rock move. Both fire and flying are super effective against rock. So if you use a Charizard against a rock type, you're going to have a better chance of beating it because fire and flying are both super effective against rock. Now I'm going to look very closely at the chart. Now it says fire is neutral to rock. Oh wait, rock. Fire, not very effective against rock. And flying, not very effective. Okay, their wording is weird. They worded it wrong. We have found an error in the Pokemon Go Hub wiki. This is a rare thing. Okay, flying and fire are not very effective against rock. So rock will deal double damage to Charizard. Whereas if you use a bug bite, which is a bug move, both fire and flying it's, are super effective. They they got the wording backwards. So if you, you will have as a bug against Charizard or Charizard against a bug, you're more likely to have a better chance of dealing damage. So we'll see fire versus bug really quick. Yeah, fire is super effective against bug. Yeah, the wording is wrong on this, so it kind of threw me off a little bit. So Charizard against a rock Pokemon is going to be double not very effective. However, Charizard against a bug is going to be double super effective. Kind of like the example we talked about with Rayquaza. Charizard versus Ice is going to be neutral attack because Ice is super effective against flying, but not against fire. Mudslap, the ground move, is going to be a not very effective because ground is super effective against fire, but flying is immune. So you kind of see and understand how the math works. Hopefully this makes sense. It it makes a little bit of sense to me. It's just the numbers get involved and it makes it all crazy. So you can kind of see how the dual typing is effective. So you pick your dual type Pokemon. Let's go back to the Catacomb Cup example. And uh, we'll take a... Hmm. Well, I know there's a Dark and Ice type. So we'll look at a Dark Ice type. I think Sneasel... And Weevil are your Dark Ice. And you look at those and you see how that would compare out. So say you've got Ice against... Let's go with a Bug type. Ice against Bug type is a neutral damage. Dark against... 
bug is also neutral. Take that out and say, go to, let's try a grass type. So we go out to ice and grass. Ice is super effective against grass. Dark is neutral against grass. So having that ice type against a grass, that's going to give your attack a boost. And you're going to get at least like one and a half super effective because you have the ice being super effective against the grass and the dark being neutral. So you kind of understand and see how that works. You can use that to your advantage in building your teams and trying to choose who you want as your counters. And it's really, really interesting to look at. So as you move forward in Silk Cup and GBL, you really want to study this chart so you can have a better idea of how to pick your Pokemon. And if you're looking into making sure you get the super effective and all those other cool things, you can also consider type matching where your attacks are concerned. Say you have a dual type Pokemon that's grass and electric. If you have an electric type attack on it or a grass type attack, you're going to get a boost to your attack stat for that because it matches the type of the Pokemon. However, I'm not sure how much of a boost this is. Uh, again, I read this through the wiki page and they never really mentioned it. Plus, I've never really heard anything said by anybody about type matching your attacks. Although it is a good thing to know. It seems like one of those minor things, but every little bit helps, right? Now, here's a few little things to keep in mind when you're building your team and you're working on the type effectiveness chart. There is no type that normal is super effective against, nor is there one that it has resistances to, but it does have one immunity and that is ghost type. We talked about it earlier. Ghost and normal are not going to affect each other, period. The, the little bit that I'm reading says it does have one immunity. Well, that type has an immunity to normal. That's why you really don't see very many people using normal type Pokemon. Another thing to keep in mind is that there are some types that are going to either resist themselves or be effective against themselves. Grass type is not very effective against grass. Ice only resists itself. Um, psychic is very effective against psychic. Dragon is very effective against dragon. If you want to know the whole list, just go through the chart and follow the type out to where it meets itself. Like water is very is not very effective against water. And you'll see that a lot of the times you're going to hit this dot where it says not very effective or super effective. Sometimes it'll just be neutral. But it is really interesting to find out that some of these types are very useful against others of their types. But keep in mind, there is a downside to this too. If you're going dragon against dragon, whatever damage you do to them, they can do back. So keep that in mind when building your team and how you want to stack your matchups. Also, next on the list, normal and electric have the least weaknesses with only one. I don't know how that happens, but like, yeah, electric is resisted by ground and normal is resisted by ghost. I was expecting to see more not very, like very few not very effectives, but I guess they're just talking about the double resisted. And there are a few others. Uh, let's see. Psychic is resist double resisted by dark. Dragon is double resisted by fairy. And the thing is, is where all these others are concerned, they're super effective the other way. Fairy is super effective against dragon. Ground is super effective against electric. It doesn't always work like that. 
But that is an interesting thing off the chart. And steel is resistant to the most stuff. It has 10 resistances. And you can just look at like the, the defender section, go steel and follow it all the way down. You'll see all these not very effective. I guess they figure it's not conducive to being attacked very much. I don't know. But this is why I believe for the catacomb cup anyway, let me look at that chart. Let me see. Uh, yeah, that's why steel types have been banned for from the catacomb cup is because it has all these resistances. I do remember there was one cup where Steelix was a huge part of the meta because it had those resistances and it was really hard to beat. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Battle Academy podcast. Uh, you can join me again next week. I'm going to be taking a look at move sets and how to pick the right ones for your team. We're also going to look at the pvpoke.com website. I think that's another essential resource if you're wanting to be serious about PvP. And of course, we're going to talk about a few other things regarding movesets and, and attacks as well. Thank you so much for joining me. I will leave all the links for resources in the description of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you join me again next week. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>